Welcome to the Rambling Writers Podcast, where we talk about writing, reading, religion, writing tips, and whatever other impolite topic we decide we want to talk about today. My name is Josh Davis, and this is my partner, R.F. Gunnam, and we are the, the Rambling, Rambling Writers. Writers. Today we'll be discussing the book Hellfire by Jeff Provine, giving some life-saving advice to survive the cutthroat world of noveling, as well as talking about some character-building tips, uh, how to build the perfect antagonist for your book, and this website that's at least new to me called Patreon. What else are we doing? We'll also talk about the world of politics if we happen to get around to it. Which we rarely do. Yeah, we rarely do. (laughs) And if we get to it, we'll try to talk about how it affects writers. How are you today, Josh? I am stressed beyond all recollection. I'm working my life away. (laughs) (laughs) Honest to God, I mean, you think about this. You messaged me yesterday asking when we were going to get together to record this episode, and yesterday would have been the day we normally would have recorded. Yeah. Normally. And I had hadn't even thought about it. Me either. And I was, I was still finishing the book. Oh uh, yikes! Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've got a book that is supposed to be is supposed to be getting released tomorrow. I had a book recently published for an author through DPC. I'm trying to write a novel that I want you to edit for me by next week, and I've only got the first half of the first chapter done. We're getting ready for a event next weekend. Uh, Rare Festival in Appomattox, our hometown, and we're going to be at the same booth together. So if you are in the area and want to come by, if you're in Central Virginia or, or even in just Virginia, come to Appomattox, Virginia for the Rare Festival next weekend. Meet us, talk to us a little bit. Um, tomorrow we're announcing the winners of the summer quarter of the DPC Quarterly Fiction Contest, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. But I have had no time to work on my stuff, so I'm getting drained. I, I was telling my wife the other day how I have not worked on anything creative that I want to work on. And I'm getting mentally drained because of it. That mm-hmm. Writing is how I recharge. And I'm writing everything but stuff that I want to write. So it's like, but no, I, I started a, a new novel for uh, a ghostwriting client, which is a lot of fun to write. Finished all the world building, finished the major conflict arcs, the character development points that I'm going to be using. And it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be about 80,000 words when it's all said and done. It's going to have multiple, multiple POVs. Which I've never done before, mm-hmm. like and, and ex- extensively. So right. it's going to be a lot of fun to write. So we got started with that and having a lot of fun already. Um, we haven't gotten to the major major conflict yet, but we are getting close to it. So having a lot of fun with that, but I haven't had very much time to work on that even. So <laughs> life is crazy. My website, the the company website crashed. So I'm having to rebuild that. Life is nuts right now. It's funny how being a full time writer, full-time creative person, sometimes doesn't involve doing very much creative. writing or creative things. Yeah. My, 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 my creative pursuits have been put almost entirely on hold, and it's driving me insane. Yeah, I've been trying to make a schedule where I spend at least like 30 minutes or a half an hour just writing in the morning before I get into website stuff and blogging and emails and even like planning or editing stuff like to actually spend at least 30 minutes writing Mm -hmm. and so far this week i don't even think i've hit that i think i've had to do other random stuff in (laughs) in the mornings when i'm supposed to be doing the writing and that's only a habit that i've tried to employ for like the last two weeks so so far it's not very successful of the last three days on the series on monday to wednesday of the last three eight hour work days because the company's open from nine to five and I try to write sometime during there, and I try to write after the kids go to bed at eight o'clock. So, I, I, I usually get, a, I usually have about ten hours a day that I set aside to work on company and writing. And total writing time this week has been in the area of about three hours total, whereas I normally set aside a good 
10 to 15 hours in a three-day period for writing only. And I have not even come close to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm really, really getting drained from that. So today is a nice little break coming and doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> but So what about you? What you got going on besides the Railroad Festival next week? Uh, yeah, Railroad Festival next week. Um, a book signing in Winchester, Virginia this weekend. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That should be interesting. I don't know. I don't know anybody in Winchester. I have a friend who has a friend who's a journalist for a local newspaper in Winchester. So Mm -hmm. I did a phone interview with her a couple days ago. So there'll be some kind of like preview feature thing. It's at the Winchester Book Gallery from two to four. That's cool. So if you're anywhere near Winchester on Saturday and want to come stop, I won't be, but I would. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know what it's going to be like. It'll, It'll be interesting. And then Railroad Festival after that. Still in the middle of marching band stuff. Every day they've had competitions the last two weekends, yeah. so all all day Saturday has been filled up with that. I've got lots of random projects that I'm working on, trying to get a music project off the ground some more, and yeah, oh, all over the place. Yeah, and and I, I mentioned to you before we went on. I, I wanted to mention this on on the show too. Um, the company DPC. We actually recently, recently, like as in as recently as Monday finalized our new hybrid publishing program. So it's like a so basically you have traditional publishing and self-publishing and then we have this hybrid thing that I'm not aware of anybody who does it quite like us. Just so you're aware, mm-hmm. if you want to tweak the wording of that, I just thought of this. Hybrid publishing mm-hmm. exists, but it's something it refers to something different than what you're talking about. Well, then it's like not normally a hybrid, like a hybrid author mm-hmm. is somebody who publishes some books traditionally and some books self-published. Yeah, whereas I'm talking about when I like say really hi- what you're talking about is more like a small press, kind of. Like yeah. there's a little there's some, there's some differences, so I understand why you're using the word hybrid. But just so you know, it could throw people off. Yeah, well, when I when I say hybrid publishing, I'm talking about a hybrid between traditional publishing and self-publishing, mm-hmm. because you won't be getting any major royalty advances, but you also won't be eating any of the initial cost of publication. So you so it's like all the which co- lots of small presses operate that way. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that, but they don't do it quite like we do. Mm-hmm. So I, I've actually spent a lot of time researching how other companies do it, and we're doing this hybrid publishing, which is a hybrid between traditional and self-publishing. So you basically maintain your status as a self-published author, but you don't. It's cheaper than you know, in the in the short term anyway, which is a major uh, hindrance for self-published authors and indies like us. Um, so it's you basically maintain your independent status. You're working with an independent company, but you know, you have a lot of the benefits of traditional publishing, minus a couple. You have all the benefits of self-publishing, minus a couple. And then you have very, very, very few of the cons of either one. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting system, what you were telling me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The one thing about it, you know, like, for example, the con of traditional publishing that is involved is, you know, you won't have complete creative freedom. I'm not going to sign somebody to be a hybrid author if, you know, I don't believe in their work. If I don't believe I'm going to get my money back, there's no point in me doing it. I'm not in the business of losing money. So, you know. So it is still a thing where someone has to submit a manuscript to you and it has to get accepted. Yeah, I mean. You can't just throw a book at you with a lot of cash with it and expect it to get published, which is basically what a lot of self-publishing Yeah, I mean, self-publishing, you know, with us, I mean, I'll I'll publish anything. If if you say that it's edited and you want to put your name to it, fine. Then it's going to be noted that it's a self-published book. And in, in, in the interior of the book, it will have the DPC imprint logo. It will have you know stuff like that. It will say prepare for publication by DPC, but it won't say you know published by DPC because it's actually prepared for publication by DPC. So 
whereas with hybrid and traditional, you have to submit your manuscript and you have to do the X, Y, and Z. With traditional publishing, I mean, I've had a couple people submit for traditional, and I've had to reject them because I don't believe that they're going that I'm going to make a massive amount of money off of them. Not that they're bad stories, and that's how a lot that's what a lot of people think. You know, oh, I've been I've been rejected by 25 publishing houses. I must be I must suck as a writer. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah. It just means that the publishing company doesn't fit their 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 outlook. That it doesn't fit different things. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the hybrid publishing gives me a little bit more leeway. Where I can say, okay, I can't traditionally publish this because of X, Y, and Z. It doesn't fit my, my vision for what, what a good book is. But, you know, with hybrid publishing, I can say, okay, you're not quite where I want you to be. You're nowhere near what I would do for traditional publishing, but, but here's how you can make your story better. So you have all this, the way I'm, it's minimizing my risk, minimizing your risk, and we can work together to make, make something happen. Whereas self-publishing, I have no risk at all. Mm-hmm. And with traditional publishing, you have no risk at all. But with hybrid, we're both basically shouldering the, the risk, and it's it's really nice. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about it. So if you are interested in the uh, DPC uh, hybrid publishing, if you're a writer, uh, send an email to contact at davispublishingco.com, and our new social media coordinator will get back to you. Ah, social media coordinator. Yeah, we, moving up in the world. Well, we we honestly, I told you we're so busy. I had to hire somebody to mm-hmm. to shoulder some of the load because it's killing me. The 2000 so, teens version of a secretary, basically. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, social media coordinator. She she runs our social media accounts and she uh, promotes us a little bit. And she she has she has full authority to speak on my behalf. As but she's very, talking about hybrids. She's a hybrid employee. She, <laughs> she 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 does a little bit of everything, but primarily dealing with uh, social media contacts and and making contacts for us, so we can. You know, I've been so busy, I haven't had time to network with people and find people who are interested. Um, like I mentioned, Angel, I found him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and uh, Ian, I'm, I found him on Facebook. So, you know, I don't have time to find people on social media who are looking for publishing houses, self-publishing services, and stuff like that. So that's primarily what she's doing. She's networking for us. So I'm really excited to have her yeah. have her on board. That's cool. But yeah, contact the Davis Publishing Co. for more information. If you're ready to submit a manuscript today, if you've got something you think you know would would fit our goals, you can send it to submissions at davispublishingco.com, and we'll get back to you within eight to twelve weeks. Because awesome. we, we gotta have time to read it and decide if it's something yeah, we want to pick yeah. up or not. So exciting stuff, but I, it stops me from writing, which is the the drawback. Yeah. <laughs> but Hellfire, let's get into Hellfire a little bit because you know I I, I, I bad me. I, <laughs> I have not read one letter of this book um, because, like I said, I've been so swamped. Um, but Hell, Jeff Provine wrote mm-hmm. Hellfire. And from what you're describing to me, it sounds almost like an allegory, but not. Like like an allegory, but different. I don't I don't think I'd really call it an allegory. At all. It's, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward in its approach to things, which is something that I don't want the first thing I say about it to be negative because I did enjoy it overall. But that's something that I kind of don't like about it is how direct it is in dealing with it. Yeah. It's got spiritual themes, mm-hmm. which is good. I like I like books that incorporate spiritual themes and are still a good book with mm-hmm. an interesting story. And this mm-hmm. is that. It's just a little bit more direct with its spiritual themes whereas, than like, I would prefer. Whereas Narnia is a little bit more indirect. Even yeah. Though, even though it still hits you over the head if you know what you're looking at. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit more indirect. You know, Aslan, Jesus. Yeah, so it's like if you kind of have that scale of, like, on the most... The most indirect end, there's something that's not allegorical at all. There's no one-to-one correspondence of stuff. It's just the yeah. general spiritual themes. 
that's what I write, that's what I like. That's what I like as well. Then you've got the allegories where there's like a one-to-one correspondence of Aslan, Aslan to Jesus. Jesus. And that, that's how... That's the what the emperor across the sea is God the Father and so on. Yeah, and so you got that one-to-one correspondence and then... There's this. Then there's the really direct thing where there's no... There, there is God, there is demons, and there's no stand-ins for them. It's... They're right there. They're in your face. That, yeah. So it's not. It's 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 a direct correspondence to the spiritual warfare, spiritual realm type stuff, but it's not an allegory at all. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you could call it. It's an interesting blend, really. You've got it's um it's alternate history. Okay. Because of the particular element of alternate history that that includes the discovery of this Newton's catalyst that makes fires burn hotter than they normally would. It's a, that's an interesting sci-fi twist. Yeah, and it, it's really what it comes at what it comes down to is steampunk. Cause you got all this steam-driven technology, okay. which is there's overlap between steampunk and alternate history is is common. Yeah, the steampunk stuff. There's more technology it tends to be set in like the 1800s, mm. but there's more technology. Like there's airships and steam-driven wagons and more. Advanced so it's almost weapons. like the Stanley Steamer vehicle, which predated you know the Model T. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that kind of stuff. So it's got that alternate history and steampunk. Those fre- frequently go together. And then it's also got this basically a supernatural thriller element mm-hmm. because this Newton's Catalyst or particular a particular blend of this Newton's Catalyst opens up a gateway to another dimension, Ooh. which is basically hell. Not okay. even basically. Liter- literally hell. Okay. And so then there's... There's I guess monsters. that's the home of the, home of the demons. Uh, the monsters would be demons. Yeah. So and, okay. and at first there's just these monsters coming out, and then you come to you come to find out it's it's, it's demons. Almost like Jumanji. <laughs> almost like Jumanji. Al- almost somewhere in the in the same neighbor's name zip code is Jumanji, maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that kind of like alternate alternate reality. There's another dimension. There's the monsters coming out. Dealing with that, the conspiracy behind okay. it. Well, see, so that, that's where the Jumanji comic came in. You know, basically, you know, monsters come out of the board game. So, instead yeah. of going out of a board game, it's out of this portal to hell. So, it's yeah. same same zip code. I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Or at least but, a neighboring zip code. Yeah, exactly. But then it, it goes a different direction from Jumanji because there's this whole conspiracy, which even kind of deals with, like, government corruption and capitalism and uh, corporations having too much power and interlocking with the government and... Those are all kind of like in the background things going on. There's this big conspiracy of people who want to control the demons, basically, and use them for their own. So purposes. we have elements of the Illuminati conspiracies, right? No. Okay. No. Okay. No. No. No, no, no Illuminati. And there, <laughs> there's some other. I don't want to give away the because I I, I hate those Illuminati. I, I laugh at them. Yeah. No. Not not like conspiracy theory in that way. Like the New World Order kind of. Not thing. not not that kind of. Cons- I just mean like there is there is a plot. It's more than just monsters coming out and wreaking havoc. There's there's shadowy figures behind them trying okay. to control them and use them. I'm hearing to gain Illuminati power. a lot, and uh, even though it's not there, I'm hearing the Illuminati in there. Uh, I haven't read it, so if, if, <laughs> if you're like me and hate Illuminati stories, ignore what I'm saying right now. Yeah, this is, I wasn't getting any Illuminati vibes. I guess the way I'm describing it just <laughs> it, it kind of sounds that way. bad. And that, it even ties into some of the alternate history stuff. Like I, said, yeah. I don't want to give away the twist, but there's, there's some other things. Like the, the United States is in a slightly different state. Partially because world history has taken a few different turns mm-hmm. because of this increased technology. There, there's a brief mention. I, I love this, how he didn't like dive all the way into the alternate history. There's just a brief mention of Napoleon invading Britain with his airships. And then it's just like... Hold on, so just, there were airships in the early 1800s? Yeah. 
That's interesting. I like. Now that's a cool twist. I like the that. the set. It's eighteen fifty six is the, where the story takes place. So it predates the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there's just this brief passing mention of that's good Napoleon that's... invading Britain with his airships, and it was like what. That's cool, and I love that he did. He did a great job with that. Okay, so, um, so he didn't hit you over the head with the backstory. So that's not like a pos- like a positive. Yeah, there there was one very small spot where this one particular character gave a sort of info dumpy thing, but it was in a conversation with another character who didn't know her. It was at a kind of lull in the action, and they're talking, and so it wasn't completely. It wasn't awful. Like they didn't know each other. She was telling him about herself. It wasn't bad. So let me get. Let me it guess. just wasn't. So let me my guess, the character favorite. was like, I've never met you before in my life. Let me fill you in my entire life story. So no, no, it, not, it wasn't uh, It wasn't that clumsy at all. Oh, okay, good. It was, good. It was much smoother than that. It's, I don't even no, I've it. seen a lot of books that do that, and it really irritates me. So it's like, that, that's that's classic info dump. And th- this was well on into the story. The two had met and interacted some, just, okay. you know, they were fast-paced when they're, okay. they're meeting. And then, okay, now we can finally slow down. And, oh, this is who I am. And then he recognizes her last name. And then, oh, you're related to this guy? This, this guy's your father? And then, oh, yeah, let me tell you this. Very so, realistic kind of thing. Yeah, it, it was a realistic. It was a little too info-dumpy for my personal taste. Yeah, well, you, super, you and I hate them, so. I, I stay away from that really bad to the point where sometimes well, people read my stuff and are like, I don't know what, what what's going on. I'm like, okay, I'll well, tell you a little bit. Well, <laughs> let, let me give you an example, like a real-life example of why, that does, why what you just described doesn't bother me so much. When I was doing uh, martial arts years ago, there was a girl in the class, and we had been in the class together for two or three months at this point in time, and we were late starting one night, and we were talking. Come to find out, I knew her already, but she didn't recognize me, and I didn't recognize her. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned something about my sister having MS, and she's like, who's your sister? And I told her. And she's like, that's your I haven't seen you since you were like seven. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and I come to find out, you know, I, I had known her. I knew who she was. I, I, I knew more of her. I knew more of her backstory after she told me. You know, after I realized who she was than I did previously. Mm-hmm. So she had mentioned bits and pieces of things I knew about her already that I didn't realize was actually, I didn't put two and two together and realize it was her. Yeah. So that, that kind of info dump-ish situation doesn't bother me as yeah. much because it's more true to life. Yeah, it was technically an info dump. But it was true to but life. But it's the kind of thing that might happen in real life. So yeah. yeah. But overall, he handled that really well. And there's, so then America is in a kind of different place. He got a little map in the front showing the state of Gloriana, which is Actually, hold on, time out. Gloriana was a real place. Yeah, exactly. It, it, basically, okay, so there's an alter, alternation where you're like, was, was Franklin on the map? No, because the map, I can... Because Gloria, Gloriana was tiny. And mm-hmm. there was actually a group of people who were trying down, to make down near New, Down near New Orleans, right? The historical Gloriana is a little bit different than down New Orleans, I think. I might be wrong. Because in, in this map, I'm, I'm showing Josh the map here. You really only see the state. But there's Mississippi is immediately... To the east, yeah. And Ozarka is another kind of alternate state that would be Arkansas, basically to the north. And then there's Orleans to the south, and then over to the west. So instead of being, Texas. so basically, Louisiana is, is split into two different states. Basically, yeah. Gloriana, unless I'm mistaken, and I could be wrong. Don't hold me to this, folks. But uh, Gloriana, unless I'm mistaken, was out near Missouri. Hmm. And the state of Franklin uh, comprised uh, western Kentucky and Tennessee, and it ran north. It, it was long and thin. And it ran kind of uh, parallelogram-ish, mm-hmm. but it was the, basically the western, like the western part of Tennessee okay. and Kentucky. There was a lot of, of small states like that. Yeah, because it's it's the background. It's a, a person. I'm trying to make sure I don't give away too much of it. But there, there's a figure from American history who mm-hmm. wanted to go out and 
push more westward expansion early on. And in actual history, he did not succeed. in Aaron Burr, I can go ahead and say that, because he's mentioned oh, yeah. a few times earlier. He wanted to push Western expansion. He yeah, Aaron, shut down. He, he was um He was Thomas Jefferson's uh, vice president, yeah. and the guy who shot and killed Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in this, in the alternate history... This, he succeeds. This, yeah, he, okay. he gets, um after the... I think he mentions, there's a brief mention of after the duel with Hamilton, mm-hmm. he gets permission from Congress to go and start his colony. Whereas that didn't happen at all. <laughs> right. He didn't get permission. Because a, after, after he killed Hamilton, he was kind of, you know, blacklisted from mm-hmm. the government. Yeah, so that that's that's the one of the divergence, because you already have the catalyst divergence, and this is another divergence in mm-hmm. America where he goes and sets up this colony and grows it really, really quickly and develops the, the big industry partially through mm-hmm. the Newton's catalyst, and then it becomes this big center for industry, and Gloriana and becomes the state, and mm-hmm. that's that's part of the part of the alternate history element of it that was really interesting and, and done really well there, there's a spot near the end where you're getting but m- m- most of that information it's, it's sprinkled throughout really well and there's just these mentions of Governor Burr this great man who founded the state and even though he was you know, a murderer yeah <laughs> but in, in this history at the beginning he's remembered as Governor Burr this great inspirational leader who started Gloriana and wouldn't made he, this great industrial power wouldn't he have and, still been Vice President Burr because he was Vice President anyway I guess this must be after his, unless there's but something still, out there where he wasn't. Well, that's the possible, vice but that's not in the book. Not that I, not that I picked because, up. Because on. basically, you know, like for example, Secretary Clinton, who's running for president, she's she's known as Secretary Clinton, even though she was once a senator. Secretary yeah. of State outranks senator, so she's remembered as Secretary Clinton. And President, former President Clinton, is not remembered as Governor Clinton because even though he was Governor of Arkansas, he was. He was president, so he's remembered by his highest-ranking title. That's what. So that's a little bit. That's a little bit. So what if he becomes governor after vice president? Like vice president is higher ranking. Yeah, so he'd be remembered as vice president. Okay. Like, look, look at uh, look at uh, current uh, well former senator uh, George Allen from Virginia. He's remembered as Senator Allen, even though he was governor. If he was to somehow miraculously become governor tomorrow of Virginia, which he won't, but if he did, uh, he would be. So he would, and he later on he retires again. He would be. Still remember to Senator Allen. Look at uh, uh I got I got the perfect example. William Howard Taft, president of president of the U.S. Uh-huh. After he left office, after he was beaten by uh, Woodrow Wilson in the right. in the election, he was later named uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. He's the only man to ever hold both titles. Huh. And to this day, he's he could be he could be remembered as Chief Justice Taft, but he's remembered as President Taft because President, you know, is the higher title. It doesn't outrank the Chief Justice, but Technically, is remember as a higher position in the government. Okay. So well, he's he's President Taft. Jeff, if you get to listen to this, feel free to shoot us an email or something and let us know why you chose to call him governor. Maybe there's a reason for that that yeah. I missed in the book, or maybe that's something that you didn't know because I would have done what you did and called him governor because that's his most recent yeah. thing. Or maybe maybe he didn't even call him governor as frequently as I'm remembering, and I'm calling yeah. him Governor Burr, and that whole conversation is just kind of irrelevant to the book, I guess. But, I don't know. But, <laughs> who knows? The, the only way, it would, the, historically speaking, the, in the way people are remembered, the only way it would actually make sense would be if you know he was never vice president. Right. The only and way that, it could match up. That could be the case. I'm I'm not sure. But it seems like it's a very good plot. Yeah. the the plot The plot was good. The plot was interesting. It 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 keeps moving pretty good for the most part. I remember at the beginning there was some some kind of like. It seemed like it took a while for stuff to get going because we've got multiple point of view characters. There's f- four of them, I think. Oh that wow! Are four like me. And they handled that well. That cast of characters for the most part, yeah. Good. 
it, at the very beginning, it was feeling a little bit like we're bouncing around so much that like nothing's really happening. It's like waiting for stuff to get going, mm-hmm. and then because because they're in they're in different places doing different things, and then as, especially once they start coming together, everything moves a little bit faster mm-hmm. from there. Um, so it's a, little, a little bit of a slow starter. A little bit. It's kind of like the right at the beginning, you're mm-hmm. already like diving straight into the the main character is a, a fireman on a train, like shoveling the coal into the okay. into the engine. And so there's an incident right at the beginning where a creature comes out of the fire and causes the the train to wreck. And so there you got this nice exciting stuff. Good going little hook on right away. Good little yeah, hook going on. A good hook, and then it just kind of like takes a while. Like okay, we're trying to figure out what's going on. And it's like there's just a little bit of a. It's it's not it's not bad. Well, honestly, from what you're describing, it sounds like it fits the story because I mean the characters are trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So you as the reader are trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah. So that, that, that's that's good. I, I, I mean, I read somewhere one time, you know, if if the if you as the author don't cry over a over a scene, your readers aren't going to cry. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, if if you write it and the characters having a hard time figuring out what's going on, the readers going to have a hard time figuring out what's going on. And from the sounds of it, it really sounds like it works because it's more of a you know almost like a mystery kind of feel to it. Yeah, at the very beginning, because you're trying to yeah. figure out what are these things, who who's behind the, there's the, um, the big major, um, the first bad guy you see is the rail marshal Tix, is his name. Mm. And so he's kind of acting like fishy and, not even fishy, he's just obviously a bad guy. So you assume mm. that the rail agency is in some way involved and okay. what are they doing and that makes They've sense, got I these guess. creepy um, hunchbacks that are sort of like the rail agency's enforcers, and they call them hunchbacks that are kind of these deformed-looking guys, and that's all I'll say about them without giving anything away. Yeah. But, but it, it seems like the plot would get a solid four or even a four and a half from you from the sounds of it. Yeah, I like the plot. Okay. Very cool. All right. Now, what about the over... I mean, we've talked a lot about the characters mm-hmm. uh, already, so I, I, we probably won't go into the characters anymore, but with, just with the character development, what kind of grade would you give that? I'd have to go a lot lower with that. Because the characters are kind of what? Because they're so in your face, blatant, you know. Why? No, it's. I th- I feel like a big part of, like especially talking about the those four main characters. So it's Nate Kemp is the first guy we meet. There's um, uh, the nurse Ozzy, mm-hmm. um, the sheriff Blake, and then there's a journalist whose name is Husk. Mm-hmm. And especially the three male characters as it goes on. It's almost easy to forget which whose chapter you're in, from oh, really? one point to another, or who's who's talking when they're together. Because mm. I didn't feel like they were very clearly differentiated. So would you say that, like, and this is something that's extremely difficult for writers to do. I mean, you and I both know this from experience. But it's sometimes very difficult with dialogue to have each character have their own individual mm-hmm. voice. It's very yeah. difficult. Now, do you know if this is just first book? I think he's got at least two others. Okay, well. You know how how long has he been writing? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know right off. Okay, the reason why I ask is because uh, it's something you find very common with new authors, new people who are who are first starting, and and the you know writing stories. They'll they'll be very bland, very uh, cookie cutter characters, and you don't. And obviously with dialogue, you don't want to have one person where unless like a, you know just back and forth with no tags, but at the same time you don't want to have every sentence. I went to the store, said Jack. What did you buy, said Jill. I bought cookies," said Jack. That, that kind of thing becomes very redundant very quickly. But you know, you want them each to have their own voice. Um, that's very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So that way, you don't have to have tags on everyone to, to keep track. Yeah. But so if you lose track a little bit, that that I tend to look at that as more of a voice problem. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think it's partially a character voice problem in dialogue. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it, too, relates to the fact that I didn't get a strong sense of any of the characters' goals. Yeah. It's like the stuff starts happening. They get, like, Nate's pulled into it because of the train wreck at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sheriff Blake comes to investigate it. The journalist Husk comes to report on it. it. Um, Nate ends up, through a couple other happenings, in uh, a mental hospital where Ozzy works. Okay. And so she gets pulled into it that way, and it's like they all get pulled into what's going on. But there's no internal conflicts. Yeah, there's no there's no real internal conflicts for any of them. Yeah, there's nothing that's that's driving them beyond and survive make, and figure out what the rail agency is. And that can make your characters feel a little bit flat. And this is going to go to you know to, to our discussion that's going to happen here in a couple minutes. But mm-hmm. you know, character development. You know, you you end up having very flat two D kind of characters in your mind. It's almost like you know a little stick figure drawings going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, you, whereas a, a artist, a, 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 well, not an artist, but I mean, a stick figures can be art too. But um, whereas like a, a Something with depth, you know, you you need to have a little bit more of an internal situation going on. And, you know, I I mentioned I've always been a big proponent of, you know, external conflicts being a reflection of what's going on internally. Mm -hmm. And you can't really have an internal conflict without some kind of goal that's being, you know, being trampled on. And conflict is the catalyst for story. Yeah. So even though there's a good external conflict, it sounds like the internal conflict is just lacking a little bit. Yeah. And that's affecting your character grade. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say the characters are? Because I mean, it sounds like they have, they have interesting. Sto- the characters have interesting stories. They have interesting backstories, but they're not developed for the in- their internal conflicts aren't developed, so it's going to pull them back a little bit. Yeah, which back. makes makes them fall flat. And I, I really felt like the characters, d- despite the interesting backstories and some cool things about it, I'd have to say like a two for the characters because they they just really were not were not doing it for me. That that was what really held me back from fully enjoying the book was I didn't feel connected enough with the characters. Yeah, that, that's a like, huge part. Like interesting plot, but I wasn't engaged enough to really be sucked in. Like I kept reading cuz I wanted to know what happened, what's going to be the plot. Yeah, what what's going to happen with the plot, not because I want to know is Nate going to overcome his individual obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like I said, that, that's a huge challenge a lot of people face, and a lot of people have a hard time coping with. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's not uncommon to see a two or something like that, from, especially from, and he's an independent, because we only review indies. Yeah. It's, it's a very common thing with indies, especially, I've, I've noticed, is that, you know, I, I love independent authors, I, I, I'm an independent writer, independent publisher, so I love indies a lot, but... At the same time, you know, you've got to have something to set you apart from the rest of the indies. I, I read a report, the, the 2016 Balker, uh, mm-hmm. you're familiar with Balker, the ISBN yeah. agency and stuff like that. I read their report this year, and over 725,000 independent titles were published last year. Yeah. With, with registered ISBN numbers. It's not including your Amazon only's, your Barnes Noble Nook only, EPUB, mm-hmm. you know, electronic distribution. But that's, that's 725,000 individual ISBN number registered for independent books. People oh. who have put enough work into their book to think they want a hard copy ISBN. Not, not, not even necessarily a hard copy, but an ISBN number register that they attach to an ebook to. Yeah. That's what Balker tracks. And that's out of over 112, uh, out of over 1,012,000 and change books total. So two thirds of the market today essentially is independent mm-hmm. authors. So you've got to have something stand out. If your character development falls flat, you're not necessarily going to be as much of a commercial success. I mean, it's, it's really hard to stand out. The, the market is very saturated. So you've got to have something that makes you stand out. And I tell authors this all the time as a publisher. You've got to have something that makes you stand out. Yep. And, 
you know, I feel like you did it because you took it with, with your story. And, and Jeff tried to. And, and, his, and, his concept stands out. Yeah. For sure. It, it caught my attention. I saw the, I saw an interview for him on Sci-Fi Fantasy months mm-hmm. ago, and that's when I was like, hey, I want to read your book and review it. It looks good. Yeah. I, so, so, so something like that stands out to me, and that's good. That, that, that's a good thing. But if you expect to create, especially with indies, you know, people who come back to us are is our life's blood. It's how we make our living. Yeah. You know, JK, your goal should never be to make a bestseller because you can have a bestseller and still never have a writing career. You can have exactly. a, a launch spike and it falls off. Look, look, an gone. example would be J.K. Rowling. I mean, obviously the, the Harry Potter series is the best-selling fiction series of the last 150 years. Facts. All right. A casual vacancy. Have you ever even heard of it? Nope. Exactly. And the reason I personally have not read, I'm a, I, I love the Harry Potter series. But the reason why I did not pick up casual vacancies, I read I read the reviews and it said you know before I even thought about it, it wasn't in the Harry Potter world. It was not, and that it was it was geared more towards people who grew up with Harry, with Harry Potter. Oh, it's J.K. Rowling. I love J.K. Rowling. Let me buy a casual vacancy. People like me, mm-hmm. and I, I was like I was all excited about it. And then I read the reviews before I bought it because I wasn't I was scared to pick up a new, a new story, even though it was from an author I liked and respected, and it it fell flat. Because she had a phenomenal spike with the Harry Potter series, and when she stays in that world, she does great. But when she steps outside of that world, she fell flat, and her sales <laughs> with the Casual Vacancy were a lot lower. Um, so it's that kind of thing. You, you know, one best-selling book does not make a writing career make. You've got to have some something of substance. Yeah, to and keep people coming back. Exactly. So it's you've got to have something to make you stand out, and you gotta have that something to make you stand out, and people come in and buy that book, and they love it, then they buy your next book. And if you fall flat with that second book, they'll never buy again. Yeah, you've got to you've got to build consistent, you know, constantly improve. That's why my my, my motto in writing is never stop learning, always be improving, because I don't want to be one of these run of the mill guys who, oh, I wrote two or three books and I sold them and I, I did all right and I stopped. I don't I don't want to go back to construction after this. I, yeah. I I want to do this for the rest of my life. So, you know, it's it's really important to to take everything and have every aspect be that next level. And, and stuff. So with the character falling flat, I mean, obviously the book hooked you and got you interested. Mm-hmm. But then the character development falls flat. You know, would you read something from Jeff again? Probably. I'm knowing you, you probably would. I probably would. Mm-hmm. Especially, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping Jeff that you'll you'll get to listen to this at some point and even get to to develop it because there's so many good things going on mm-hmm. that just that little bit stronger character development of giving them mm-hmm. internal goals to be mm-hmm. working towards would really have taken this book like over the top. To, to really be good. Yeah. It was just a few other, a few and, other and, minor things. And, and being an independent publisher, I want to see indies take over the world. I hate the traditional publishing model. I hate it. I despise it. I, you know, people who are supposed to publish it as a meritocracy, you know, oh, the best comes to the top. That's not necessarily true. There are good writers that, that's, that stay, that stay in laboring and mediocrity and, lo- and making $20,000 a year tops. You know, for the rest of their life, and they're good writers. Mm-hmm. I want to see independent authors, you know, lose that stigma. I want to see independents take over the publishing market. Where even if we drive Harper Collins and you know Simon and Schuster out of business, mm-hmm. if we can do that because people are going to independent authors because that's, that's what the good stuff is, good. Yeah. So you know, but but that that means we've all got to step our game up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and beat the John Grishams of the world and the, and the James Pattersons. Like, <laughs> Don't get me started today, but so basically, you know, take it, don't stop and prove it. This is attempt at constructive criticism and elevate that game to the next level. And hey, so I, I would publish this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might even pick it up for hybrid if you know, you know, we'll see. 
<laughs> Jeff, if you're looking for a publisher, an independent publisher, contact me, Bill. If you're not, that's cool, too. <laughs> but uh, shameless plug for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, characters, you're giving them a two. Uh, the plot, you give them four and a half. Mm-hmm. So we have we have two for the characters. It sounds like the structuring was actually pretty solid. The, the way the way the story was structured and flowed. It sounds you know at least re- decently solid. We're talking about like a three five level. Yeah, I would probably give just say a three. There's not there's nothing bad. So like a, a three, nothing bad about the structure. Nothing good about it either. It's really straightforward. So is it a three or a three point five? Three. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a three. Just okay. solid right right there in the middle. That's kind of like a nothing bad, nothing good thing for me. And what we're going to do with this, with this week's review is instead of it being a five-point thing, because I'm, I'm condensing it a little bit, if you can't tell, mm-hmm. my, my personal review structure, I'm throwing it out of the window for some, I'm trying something new this week. So if you don't like it, any listeners who've heard us before, if you don't like the way we're doing it this week, we're doing plot, characters, and the structuring of the story, the way it's told. That's the only character categories we're doing this week. I feel it gives a much better accurate representation mm-hmm. because the other, the other categories I had, you know, we're just ignoring them this week. Um, but that gives us a total score of nine and a half. Divide that by three. It gives you a three point one. So we're gonna say a three. Which yeah, is, that, that's about what I what I was thinking yeah, in my head. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's not it's not world changing, but it's not terrible either. It's, it's yeah, it's 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 solid. It's nothing 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 bad about it. Nothing to really say. Oh, yeah. this was so awful. I wasn't ever like. It's a my solid teeth. three star review. Yeah. So, um, Jeff. Thank you for submitting your book for uh, review. Hopefully you have some other books that you'll send us to review. If you have anything coming out soon, let us know. We'll be glad to review you again. And hopefully Definitely. hopefully, I'll be able to review you next time. <laughs> uh, with any luck. Uh, hopefully with Allie stepping into the company, I'll have more time to read a little yeah. bit more. So, um, Up next, we were going, we were, and this dovetails nicely with what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. is um, de- development of antagonists specifically. Because antagonists are really... Very difficult to to to, to develop mm-hmm. sometimes, and uh, character development as a whole, we were going to talk about. So, yeah. um, it dovetails very nicely. Um, what's your process? I, I I mentioned before we went, before we came on. I'll discuss it in a minute. My process for devi- for developing antagonists. But what's your what's your process? I think it depends on it depends on the story because I feel mm-hmm. like every story that I go to write ends up. Like, it's almost like I want to say, oh, yes, I have a process, because I consider myself a hardcore planner, mm-hmm. but I don't really have a hardcore process. Like, everything, mm-hmm. I plan everything, but everything seems to get planned along a different track. It depends on where I start with something. It might depend on how the how the antagonist develops. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like in The Other Side of Hope, there is not really a oh, there human are. antagonist. There are, though. But the main antagonist isn't really. There are two. Point. There are two protagonists, and therefore two antagonists. Yeah, and they and, just and, happen to be the same person. Yeah. So, so Ethan's <laughs> main antagonist is Hamid. Yeah. And Hamid, and, and, and what Hamid represents, and then Hamid's main antagonist is Ethan, and what Ethan represents. So they do have a direct correlation. Um, so they there are real human antagonists in the mm-hmm. story. I mean, you look at you know how Hamid goes to war because of essentially you know this Joshua Bennett fellow. And, you know, Ethan despises Bennett, but, you know, it's like, you know, I've got to, to fight back because my sister's dead. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that, that he's fighting back is because Hamid, you know, I'm not throwing it away. I mean, I, I feel, I feel, I hopefully people who listen have, have read your book already. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I if hope. you haven't, I'm currently giving it away for free to people who sign up for my email list. Yeah. And I'm going to plan And you're doing it on Amazon, too. You're yeah, there's a giveaway running on Amazon. That that's kind of like a random you enter and 
You might win, you might not. Uh, if you sign up for the email it for for my email list, I will send it to you. And actually, if you want to buy a hard copy directly from me on my website or in person, I'm also giving. Do you have a web store now? Do you have a? Web I store? just have a, a way you can buy you can buy the other side of Pope on my website. Okay, that's cool. Not really a web store, just yeah. PayPal is awesome. Yeah, I'm actually uh, building the web store for, for the website now, so I know how complicated it can be. Yeah, I've tried to do that before. And Shopify really. or uh, freewebstore.com. That, that will allow people to actually go on without even talking to you, purchase your book, you get an order, an email saying, hey, you got an order, then you basically mm-hmm. box up and ship it out. Yeah, I've got it pretty much set up to run like that with PayPal. Once I start having more stuff on there, I might need something more powerful like that, but... Yeah. For now, you can just go to PayPal. Well, see, I've got more stuff that I'm selling right now than you. Yeah, so. I've just got the one book that that I can sell. And hopefully, you'll have one that's be, that'll be getting sold on my website soon. I'm hoping to attract you to come publish with us with the with the hybrid package. It, it, it might work. We'll see. I see. I'm, I'm trying. I've got all these different things. Like when we talk about Patreon a little bit, I've got all these different ways that I'm trying to put stories out there that's not even necessarily in. Like a novel. Like, I don't really have a novel that I'm working on right now. You really need to take so. a collection of short stories and put them in a book and let me publish them for you. I'm working on that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, I know you've got a crap load of, uh, of short stories you've written over the years. I've read some of them that weren't the best. I've read some yeah. that were really good. Like the one that won the co- that finished second in the contest. Mm-hmm. Congratulations again. Yeah. Um, I love. That's actually probably my favorite short story you've done. But um, that one was fun. That, that that one was really good. But then you have the uh, the one with the spaceship and the Luddies and yeah, that one's chilling that, on my computer that one, somewhere and it's not coming out. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't publish it. I'm sorry. I no. love you, but no. No, that one. <laughs> that was actually supposed to be like a flash fiction exercise kind of thing, and, and it, it, it fell flat. For for me, that was mediocre. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. From you, no, it wasn't I, I've very come good. to expect more from you. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was disappointed terribly. But I've got but, the the short stories I'm sending out to my email list right now. The um, the Samoke Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I wanna I wanna take all of those once they're done it. and put that in a short story thing. So maybe yeah. I maybe I'll come your way with that. That'd be cool. But um, but yeah. So there, there's, there's that information. But um, so you don't really have a process for developing antagonists. We, we went off on a rabbit trail. Yeah, that that was a really big word. I don't I know I don't have a, a specific process. I do like I'm learning that I like that device. Of mirror image protagonists who are each other's antagonists. It, it, it is a good pro, it is a good device, I think. I, and I think I'm I'm using that. I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up using that again in the serial that I'm the other side of Unity. Mm-hmm. The, that serial that I'm doing through my email list. I've actually got a uh, a really good idea for a novel. I told you I had another idea that I had last night. Um, I'm coming to the dark side. I'm coming to the dark side. I'm going to be joining you in the ranks of fantasy writers. We have cookies. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's actually the idea... Dana made the most ridiculously awesome cookies last night. Anyway, go I on want one before novel. I leave then. Sorry, we ate them all yesterday <laughs> at Smallford. You Bird. suck. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, no, on a serious level, uh, it's an idea for a fantasy story, and basically there's going to be this race of oppressed monster-ish things, and basically like, you know, multiple... But here's my idea for the antagonist: is that the point of view will be the point of view of the antagonist. Mm-hmm. We, we mentioned this uh, with Kingsley. Yeah. How the antagonist will be a fun point of view. Well, I'm going to make basically the the, mm-hmm. the. Did I share the email from Carolyn with you? I don't think. No, I did. no. Noel sent me uh, Noel Beverly. Yeah. Because you sent it to you too, I think. And I respond. I don't know if you saw it because I responded. I, yeah, I saw. I haven't been at my desk much at all this week. I know. 
But I, I replied to Noel and I, I basically, you know, thank her because mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there's been talk between Noel and I of, of possibly doing some partnerships between DPC and Baines mm-hmm. because we want we want to build something in Appomattox, a literary yeah. community. Yeah. Um. So I'm really excited about that. More details when they when I actually have a chance to sit down and talk to her. But anyway, Carolyn did email me and said, like, first of all, she was thrilled. She mm-hmm. loved the review. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we said. She loved to hear that she opened your mind to some environmental <laughs> possibilities. Well, that's what fiction does. Exactly. We've talked about this. And, and but she also said she really liked like the stuff we were talking about. Joyce. She said she's working on another book. Really. And Joyce is going to be in it. Awesome. And so yes, yeah. Carolyn. If you're listening this week, kudos. I am looking forward to the new book. Now, now, now I have something else to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and Liberty. She's got a new book coming out. Yeah, I just shared that on my. I saw yeah. she she shared the thing. I'm on her email list, so I, I got the email. Yesterday. She has an email list. She was sharing it. Yeah, she told us about it. She told us where to go sign up for it. Oh, she did. She sent us the thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. I, I count Liberty a friend, and <laughs> it's like I don't even remember her email list. Um, and I'm a member of your email list, and I've only read the first email I've gotten from you. <laughs> I have two chapters on the other side of Unity waiting in my email box to be read, and I haven't touched There's them. There's another one supposed to go out in like a week. For chapter or two. four. I need to write it. <laughs> no, it's like two weeks. I still got like a week and a half, two weeks. To well, anyway, this is why I do these email serial things. Yes. And this other thing I'm going to do, so it gives me a debt. I, I need to impose deadlines on myself or stuff. Well, I I, I, I want to pick up the other side of Unity. I'm telling you now because I I love the other side of Hope so much that I want to pick up the other side of Unity. Okay. I will let you know. I want. I to. keep going back and forth on if I'm going to release I, it as a full thing. I don't know. If you're I don't, that interested in it? Then. I don't know if I want to pick it up for traditional because I don't have money for advances right now. But <laughs> I, I said, but but hybrid, I, I'm definitely. If you can't, listeners, if you can't tell, RF has never published with me, and it's it's sad. For, I have him on my website. Listed as a member of the DPC roster, and I want to. And I'm like, he's not officially signed to DPC, but he's one of my best friends. I support him, and he, he's a sounding board for a lot of ideas, and that's why he's on there. And I, I, I want to officialize. I want to. I even, even at the bottom of your page, it says there's potential for him to come to us soon. <laughs> I want to take that off and take off the thing where we're saying you're not officially signed with us. I want to sign you, um, if you can't tell. So, yeah, that's what's happening. But. My, my, the, the book, the idea I had, because I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I've got Stockholm Syndrome I'm, I'm working on, which is, you know, ultra realistic, which is, uh, fits my style mm-hmm. very, very well, I feel like. And then I've got the narrative nonfiction, which I'm supposed to have completely written by next week, and it ain't gonna happen. Um, cause I wanna release it in December, and that ain't gonna happen either at this rate. Um, but, uh, I had this new idea, and basically it's gonna, be a, it's gonna be a fantasy, I think, because, I, I, I've been mulling a lot of things that have been happening in current events, and if, if you listen to what I'm about to say, you can probably pick up on where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. But I've been mulling over a lot of ideas lately for uh, you know what's current events and what's going on, and I'm thinking we might have basically the antagonist be a complete d bag, and he's the point of view is from the main antagonist, really. Mm-hmm. Because I've never tried it, I'm not aware of anything. I mean, Harry Potter from the perspective of Lord Voldemort, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, you know, but for me, I'm thinking, you know, if I make the antagonist the guy, my, my, my point of view character, and then basically you have this other race of creatures, you know, that are monstrous, but they're good, hardworking, honest, very positive characters, but this main character despises them because of something that's completely out of their control. You know, maybe they're blue, or maybe they're... You know, have five heads. I, I I don't know. I haven't even <laughs> decided what kind of care, what kind of race they're going to be. Mm-hmm. But they're strong, good, hardworking things, and that they're hated by the majority of this fiction, this f- 
fantastical country I'm going to have because of these different things. So I'm thinking about having multiple races. And the main character will be in this one race of the basically human. And he's going to look at these non-human creatures as lesser beings, as crappy, even though they're just as sentient, just as smart, in some cases smarter, mm-hmm. because they're not human. And basically, throughout the story, he, you know, things are going to happen, a war is going to break out, and you know, different stuff. So if you if you look at you know my perspective on the current events, yeah, and you you apply that to the story, I'm sure you can see where I'm coming from, yeah, without giving too much away. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But I have no idea when I have time to even outline it, much less write it. So mm-hmm. yeah. it, it, it's currently in my. I actually wrote down the idea on a piece of paper, put it in a folder yesterday, and it'll be there until I get time. Yeah, I've got <laughs> the digital version of that stacked up. I have a when I use um, OneNote, Microsoft yeah. OneNote to organize stuff. I have a, a a tab, a section in one of my notebooks that's new story ideas, and it's. Mm. A lot of them are ones I know I won't but, come but back to. But the, the thing about antagonists is, you know, and we talked about this during, during the review for Jeff, you know, the thing about stories is conflict drives the story. I, that's another one of my mottos. Conflict. You've got to have conflict. Josh likes mottos. Oh, yes. Mottos. Uh, for example, DPC has a motto now. <laughs> Surprised it took you so long. <laughs> Imperium tabulata orbis imperium. That's our motto. Was that like, it's Hail Latin. the Emperor? <laughs> no, no. I'm reading a Star Wars. I'm almost always reading a Star Wars book <laughs> while listening to because that's how I have time for it. No, it's it's uh, it means control the stories, control the world, which is is, is the truth. Honestly, yeah. if you think about it. Um, they say the pen is greater than the sword. Well, it's basically a extension mm-hmm. of that idea. But um, for the antagonistic thing, you know, it, it's, it all comes back to goals. And, for example, you and I, even though we're close friends, could be each other's antagonists in certain issues, certain certain ways at times. Um, my buddy Joseph, you know, separate issue, you know, he, he and I have been, ha- have butt heads, because my goals did not coincide with his, and they, 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 were, they clashed. Uh-huh. Antagonists do not have to be bad people. Yeah. Protagonists do not have to be good people. I've and, learned that I have a, a tendency to make my protagonist... I think I said this to you recently. I have a tendency to make my uh-huh. protagonist really unlikable. You do. Uh, you know. <laughs> but it makes them realistic. Yeah. But it makes me hate them. I, I have no sympathy for them when they get in a tough situation. I don't want to see them overcome. I want to see them die. <laughs> um, but basically, the, the idea of a great awakening story is one that you know is, is very interesting for me. But the key thing with any story, you know, goals drive action. For example, I have a goal to become a... I, 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 you've heard of the big four traditional mm-hmm. publishers? Well, I want to make it the big five. And the fifth one be DPC. That's my goal. Now, I may not get that. I may never reach it. And that's, that's, that, that's life. That happens. But that's what I'm shooting for. That's the goal I'm doing. I want to change the paradigm of publishing. And, and I tell people that all the time. So anything that goes against that goal you know, there's another. There might be another publishing company similar to mine. They want to change that paradigm too, but they don't like my vision. They like their vision. Then we could be each other's antagonists. Does that make them bad? No. Does that mean that they're putting out crap books? No. It just means that we are in competition with one another, and that's not a problem. You know, so for me, I try to make antagonists like the like the personal, not even necessarily an overarching major conflict antagonist, but. If we have an overarching antagonist, like with Hellfire, I feel like if each one of, your, of the main point of view characters had a goal, and they had a, a, a something they were trying to achieve, 
and then the major antagonist it's not just generalized flat characters but goals bring them to life and get that third dimension mm-hmm. then you have your antagonist not necessarily directly hates I'm going to destroy you because you're puny human blah no more of a personal reason a more of a goal what's the demonic forces trying to achieve, trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. then they can their goals butt heads and over time they can grow to hate each other and over time they can grow to realize that maybe, maybe we need to compromise a little bit but that's all in the plotting stage. Mm-hmm. With antagonists, you've got to have an antagonist that, that their goals directly uh, go against it. And especially in you know, war stories and stuff. Like, you've seen The Patriot. Mm-hmm. Well, The Patriot, you know, Mel Gibson's character, he, he has a personal reason to hate this one British colonel. And so when, when the climactic final battle at Yorktown takes place, and he's fighting that colonel, it, it's an intensely personal moment. Yeah. Now, there's the overarching conflict of the Revolutionary War, but these two have a direct conflict. And that's what I try to do with with, with antagonists, is have yeah. that overarching conflict on opposing sides, but have extreme personal, because it, may, it makes for a very charged, emotionally charged climax. And I feel like that can take your book from a C or even a B up to an A. Mm-hmm. And and that's the kind of thing I try to do, and that's what I encourage writers to do. I want I want to see something make it stand out, and that that individual conflict is what's going to make it yeah. stand out and be good. So that's my process. Mm-hmm. I, I figure out what my character wants, and I figure out, then I'll actually shape the antagonist to make him or her, you know, directly opposed to the protagonist's goals. Some people do it the other way. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors is K.M. Wyland. She actually tries to outline from the antagonist's point of view first. Hmm. And then come out with the protagonist, make, make the protagonist fit. That's an interesting way to do it. I do it reverse, but that's how I do it. Yeah. Because I feel like you know if I actually plan and say this antagonist is opposed to this protagonist in this way, it allows me to create more conflict that that's organic and it comes out from the from the plot itself and it takes the overall writing from here to here. Mm-hmm. And it's something I developed. I didn't have that five years ago. Right. When I sent you the idea for uh, Light of the World, and you uh-huh. read it, you're like, I don't care about Alexander. Yeah. Well, why? He had no clear goal. Yep. He's just kind of going through life. And that's why it hasn't been touched in five years, because I need to figure out a way to make it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that, that that's kind of my take on Antagonist. What, what do you feel about my take? No, I think that makes sense. I like that. I'm, it's actually, it sounds like something more like... Because, like I said, I'm really structured and planning-oriented. Mm-hmm. So, like, it almost sounds like something that I would have, this, like, detail of this is how I do that and this is how I do this. Mm-hmm. But I think I think when it comes to antagonists... I'm a pantser. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm realizing when it comes to antagonists, I have a bit more of a, a, a pantsing approach. That as, as I'm outlining and as I'm planning the story, mm-hmm. I just kind of let the antagonist... Do what he does. Sh- ...shape through that and... Yeah, and so, didn't have sometimes have to go back and, and check and, it and adjust things for that. And until very recently, I was a pantser all the way, but I've always had a clear idea of what my accepting light of the world because mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how to make an antagonist fit that you know story. I mean, I guess Paul could work, but for the first half, but after after Paul and Alexander become friends halfway through the book, it wouldn't work. Yeah, and so, you don't want to have a new antagonist halfway through the book. Exactly, you'd have to find some way to make it the same antagonist, even though it doesn't look like the same antagonist. Exactly. The time. And that's that's why I'm try. I'm, that's why I haven't touched it. I haven't even yeah. tried to figure it out. But I've always had a very clear idea of my. Ant- I've actually sometimes had my idea for the antagonist even before my protagonist. But I usually usually it's protagonist then antagonist. But sometimes I'll have an idea for the antagonist. And I think it's going to be my protagonist and end up being the antagonist. <laughs> I've had that happen too. So you know, the, the, just like I said, I've always had a very clear way I've built antagonists because without conflict, your story's dead. 
Yeah. So, you know, having a clear person, even even if the antagonist is a likable guy, but he's got to have some conflict. Yeah, those are some of the best. Maybe just because I like different things, but mm-hmm. to have a likable antagonist and a dislikable protagonist mm-hmm. really appeals. Now that I've said that out loud, I might have to try to do it somehow. <laughs> I can't even think of how I could do that in the, the series that I'm thinking Which one? about. Um, it's going to be called The Silent Path. This is the one that I'm thinking of supporting through funding through Patreon. Okay. And pos- probably just Is, is it all history or fantasy or what? Fantasy. It's in the, it's in the, the Samokai. Oh, it's, uh, the, it's the same world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah. Now, that, that, that does give us a nice segue to... Uh, we, we've talked about characters. We've talked about developing characters because goals is everything. Yeah. Goals. Um, yeah, goals. That, that pretty much goals. sums up... Goals are gold. There's a motto. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but that brings us to our, to our last thing we're going to discuss today um, in any depth is Patreon. What is Patreon? I know what it is, but maybe our listeners don't. So. I just found it recently. I stumbled across it. I kept seeing little mentions of it on social media and mm-hmm. different websites. And then finally, an author that I, I think on Twitter that I saw something about, like, go and check out Patreon to support independent authors. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, what is, what is this? So I click on the link and go through it. Basically, it's a website, it's a platform mm-hmm. that connects artists and creators of various types with people who like their work. Mm-hmm. And the artists can set up either something where people pledge to become a patron. Patreon is a play off the word patron. Mm-hmm. So people where it can become a patron. See, side note, the first time I heard about Patreon sites, there's this guy on YouTube. And if you don't know who he is, go uh, look up Frog Leap Studios. And he, his name is Leo Moraccioli. He's from uh, either Sweden or Norway. I think he's from Sweden, but he might be from Norway, um, some Scandinavian country. And he takes songs that are not metal songs, mm-hmm. and he plays them in metal style. The first one I heard was Hello by Adele, covered in the metal style. I should go and listen to that. It's awesome. It is, it is fantastic. And he's like, hello, it's me. It's awesome. Hey, this guy Pete Cottrell comes in and plays the guitar part. It's it's it's, it's sick. It's it's fantastic. And he at the end of the video he's like, "Hello guys!" And I thought because he I thought his Scandinavian accent was coming through. And he's like, "Check out my Patreon site." And I'm like, "He must be trying to say patron." That's what I thought. And then I heard then then an English that went to Pete Cottrell's. Then he's like, he's he speaking his English. Like, yeah, you might, you might check out my Patreon site. Or so, we'll I, pretend that was somewhere close <laughs> to an English accent. I was more Australian. Australian at all. <laughs> you get my idea. Yeah. What I'm trying to say. But then I'm like, okay, so let me check this out. And then I'll see the logo for Patreon as actually Patreon.com. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's actually Patreon. Yeah. So I, I was familiar with the idea, so I checked it out. But I'm familiar. Tell me like I'm not, though. So Continue. the idea, the, the supporters, fans of whatever creation can mm-hmm. come and support. You can set it up to where people either donate um, every month. Mm-hmm. A certain amount, or every creation. Like a lot of the YouTube musicians would do the thing where they people pledge to give a certain amount Each every month. time they do a video. Yep. And um, and so you, you get instant downloads. Like you know, if, if you're one of those monthly donors, you go, you get an instant download link to download the issue. The thing. Yeah, the, the the creator can set up the reward structure however they want. Mm-hmm. Like most, you know, with the YouTube, the stuff anybody can go and listen to it on YouTube. If you're uh, if you give a certain amount, you get a download. You get early access to the video. Mm-hmm. Um, able, you, there's a they have a really cool platform for how you can connect, like a direct yeah. communication between the two. So like a, a low level thing, like if you give a dollar a month or a dollar per creation, is usually like, oh, well, now you can come be a part of my community. Like you know, to, I'll tell mm-hmm. you things I'm going to do. You can ask me songs to do if it's a 
musician, and so I'm I'm really thinking of doing something with this. Yeah, I've got I, a band that's gonna do it once we have enough material ready to go. Yeah, and I'm planning to have by the time this episode is live, I'm hoping my writing Patreon page is going to be launched. When will this be? When will this episode be live? Because we're recording this at 11:42 uh, a.m. on a Thursday instead it, of Wednesday. <laughs> probably it might be live tonight, but I it'll hope. probably be tomorrow. Okay. We'll so, if you're listening to this and it's Thursday, he lied. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I said it'll probably be tomorrow. I said it might be tonight. But yeah. If you hear before tonight, which would be anytime after 5 on Thursday, September the 29th. If you're listening to this before 5 o'clock this afternoon, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> There's a small chance I'll get it done before then. We'll see, how the, we'll see how the day goes. We shall see. But yeah, I hope to have the that, that live. And I think what I'm going to do with it is... Um, I still have to figure out the, exactly how I want to structure it, but I'm going to make this fantasy series, mm-hmm. The Silent Path, mm-hmm. either available to people who give any amount or just freely available on the website, and then people who give get access to this kind of like creative team that I'm calling it, where I'm going to interact with people and okay, what what do you think? What do you think should let, happen? What let, would you like to see? What's a character you want to see more of? What's a character you want to see less of? Let me ask you a question of? then. Let me ask you a question then. Your short story every day—that's in the Sam okay world, right? Yeah. That, I think that's actually I, that's the only one in the Sam Okay world I've read, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I was not a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. That's old. I wrote that yeah, like it is five old. years ago. It's very old, and I, I I don't know if I would like it anymore if I went back and read it. Honestly, I don't think you would. Yeah. You, you you've grown and improved since then. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you would. Um, the more I, recent one is the the Howling Wood that I'm in the middle of sending out to email. Because it's it's not a series. That's it's right. it's not really a series. It's more of a collection of it's of a sort collection. Of yeah. So, so there, there's connecting characters yeah. between them. The, the may, yeah. Maybe I need to get myself up there. Every time I think, every time I think about Sam Okay, it's that one story, and it's like, ah, yeah. And that I one I was. I can't bring myself to read it. That was kind of like I had this idea. Maybe for I just a story. need to. Maybe I just need to grow up and, and get over it and read it. Maybe. As I find time. Like the Howling Wood, but the the Silent Path is going to be, I think, a, a big a big step up from every day for sure. It's gonna. Okay. I've got this cool like. This uh, order of peacekeeper kind of wizard people who's sort of like a cross between Gandalf and Jedi, mm. and they're going to be pretty cool. My main, The main protagonist is going to be one of those, and I'm thinking he's probably going to be a jerk because he's one of my protagonists. Yeah. I always <laughs> I think it was actually when I was planning him that I realized, like, man, I need to make something likable about this guy. He's a good father. <laughs> Does he have kids? No. Okay, give, give him kids and make him a good dad. Maybe. maybe, maybe. That way he's not completely a, a jackass. Yeah, I, I, I think I came up with something likable about him. I can, I can go and tweak it some more. But, um, good. Well, I, I think that pretty much brings us close to a close for today. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about anything else. Just understand this, people. If you And we, we were going to... I swore I wasn't going to do it. If you watch the debate Monday night, understand this. There's a difference between winning a debate and thrashing your opponent in a debate... And what happened Monday was neither person won the debate. Neither won. Literally, you read the, the the polls and it says who won the debate: Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, or neither. People are misspelling Gary Johnson's name. People, his name is not neither. That's all so I want to say. He won the debate despite being not, not there. Present. Actually, he was answering the debate questions on Twitter, which I find <laughs> awesome. So that is a good idea. Yeah. So. If you don't know who Gary Johnson is, he's the guy who said, what is Aleppo, because he had a trap question. Go Google him. 
I'm not affiliated with his campaign or his campaign committee in any way, but... He's getting kickbacks. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, no, on a serious level, guys, I mean, that that, that was ugly. I, 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 feel, cause I know Gary Johnson isn't going to win. I'm going to vote for him, but I know he's not going to win. Most likely. But on a serious level, I'm terrified for the future of our country. I'm not. I mean, I, 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 I know what you're saying, and I agree. But, like, when... You all, don't agree if you're terrified. Not for me, is what I'm saying. I don't care what happens to me. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the country. For other people, I'm worried about them for nope. their sake. Because nope. there are people in this country who don't believe. <laughs> and things are going to get really, really bad really, really soon. I don't really even agree. If either one gets elected, yeah, that's just my opinion. No, but that how it affects writers—they're both tyrants. They both neither one likes free speech. That's how it affects writers. So that's that. <laughs> yeah. Spe- speaking of, uh, of tyrants and free there was speech. something you were supposed to rant about on this show, but I'm—I won't try to remind you of what it was because we should probably wrap it up. But yeah, honestly, free speech is it, dude. I mean, free speech, freedom of the press, man, power to the people. It's one of the most like. Weird California trippy surfer sentences I've ever heard you say. Free speech is it, dude. <laughs> well, that, I think that wraps it up for the day, guys. Um, yeah, I think so. Before it gets any weirder than Josh getting baked and talking about free speech. <laughs> well, um, in case we didn't, in case you haven't done it yet, we do have a Facebook page now. So go and search for the Rambling Writers on Facebook. Uh, give us a follow. We're going to upload. Uh, Give us a like and, f- and make sure you uh, select it to get notifications first because we don't post them there very often. We primarily post there when we have uh, uh, new new, po- new uh, podcast episodes. episodes. Episodes there. There you go. That's why I'm getting baked and I haven't even no. Um, <laughs> dude, dude. Um, anyway, yeah. Give us a follow. Make sure you hit uh, select likes first. I promise you, we won't spam you with a bunch of junk. I don't think that you promote your your work on on our on our page. No. I know I don't. I accidentally created an event through the page a couple weeks ago, but that was that was an accident. Yeah, that was an accident. But um, <laughs> anyway, give us a like. Make sure you hit follow, and you get say when you click. There's a little down arrow beside the like button. Uh, on the like button, actually, when you hit that down arrow, you can say get notifications first, so that way you can know when we made a post. So that way you'll know when our next post is live. You can go on there. We'll have links to our to our page. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes. Um, give it, you know, go ahead and give us a subscribe. We're never going to charge you anything for these, so. You know, just give us a listen because it's a lot of fun. So, um, anything else from you? We are officially mediocre. We we are yes. Episode seven. We, we are have f- achieved mediocrity. And next week, in two weeks, we will surpass it. Yes. And next review is up in two weeks. Uh, Mar- Maria, Maria, Maria. Short story collection. Fantasy yes. Short stories. Right. Yes. Um, fellow word player, because you're not a word player, so you're not in the club. Ooh. Ooh. You really need to join, is what you need to do. I have to read a book in order to join. I will loan you a book just so you can read it and review can it. Can you loan me some time so I can have time to read it? No. This is the problem. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I've, I've got... I've got um, it is on my, somewhere on my mental list of things to do. It hasn't made it to my actual have, list of things to do, so we'll I have see. a copy of her new book that will be coming out. Um, because I am a word player, so I get early access to her books. It's a writing craft book for creating character arcs. Um, which will be coming out, and because I'm a word player, I get early access, and all she asks as payment for the book is make sure I give my review when it goes up. So when it go- when the book goes She's live, got a brilliant system built. Oh yeah, <laughs> every time you think, she's oh, yeah. nailing it. Oh, I know. I'm telling you, dude. 
No lie. She's awesome. That's why she's. That's why I can't. Like, I don't know if she's a good writer or not. I'm, oh, she she's probably fantastic. is. She's I haven't fantastic. read her yet. I just don't know one way or the other. But she like has I said, a brilliant business system built. But anyway, we're we're rambling beyond again. the end. <laughs> I should be a word player. We're reviewing a short story collection from a word player in two weeks. Yeah. Be here to. Oh, check and it out. Fi- final announcement. Uh, th- did I mention Ian's short story collection earlier? Not on the show. Okay, not on the show. Uh, my buddy Ian Townsend, shout out to you down in New Orleans. Uh, uh, Petty Officer Second Class Ian Towns of the U.S. Navy. He uh, he actually submitted a story to my short story contest. He is one of the ones who will be announced to, uh, tomorrow night as his place, his final place in the in the winner. Come to the Davis Publishing Co. Uh, Davis Publishing Co. Facebook page at facebook.com/davispublishingco. We'll be going live tomorrow night at eight fifteen. My wife and I will be announcing uh, the final rankings and the winners. Um, and I will give you a sneak peek. Ian is on that list. Um, and after submitting his short story, he decided to take and expand on his short story, really. And because I own the first publication rights, because I'm, that's part of the thing about being a contest, he actually is coming back to me. He's going to be publishing his novel with us. Um, but he's taking, he's going to create a, a short story collection, a trilogy, explaining the backstory of how his novel came to be, essentially in, in story form with the main character's dad. Um, really excited about that, but uh, yeah, make sure you listen tomorrow night, find out where he placed, and before too often long, we will have print copies of the short story anthology volume one coming out. So we're really excited about that. Um, I'm just going to give you a warning. We're rambling so long now, if you don't say you're right on things soon, I'm going to cut you off again like I did two weeks ago. Which I had to come back on and say it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I might not let you do that this time. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, guys, um, I guess that closes us up. But yeah, <laughs> check it out. Submit your stories. We're taking submissions for, for the next 30 days. We have 30 more days to take your submissions to the Short Story Contest. Send them to contest at davispublishing.com. I have been Josh Davis. This I'm is my buddy. RF Dunham. And you can sign up for his uh, mailing list at dunhamwriter.com. And get free books. And free books. Um, until next time, guys, peace out and write on it. <laughs>